Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's a certainty for me on wildcard. No doubt about it. He's probably the first name near enough. The Fantasy Football Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Planet FPL, the world where everything revolves around fantasy Premier League. My name is Such. And my name is James. It's Monday. Well We're done. It days away from Christmas, mate. 12, oh, 13 days. Humbug. This time in two weeks, we will be, well, it'll be 9.30 in the morning, so I'll probably just be waking up and arguing with the children about whether or not they're allowed to open all their presents straight away or whether they should paste them throughout the day. What are you? like? If you've got five, four or five presents, let's say, are you one that in the morning you just want to open all your shit or are you one that wants to space it out throughout Bruh, the day? Bro, I'm nearly 40. I don't give a shit. No, I know. <laughs> but like when you were a kid, let's say, or if Harry was to say to you, right, okay, say Harry's got five presents. and he, you There's said to, no chance want... that boy's waiting. No, okay. He's going to rip them all open. Mine are a mixture. Sometimes they're like, oh, okay. Then they'll start with the small ones. Then they'll open one bigger box and then whatever. Not that they get like tons but it's all good uh christmas yeah two weeks away mate but um fpl weekend dramatic i was hugely tuned out of the weekend really because i felt like my transfer at the beginning of the weekend was pretty boring and then i didn't bother going on x.com because i didn't care and then there was lots of news and circulation that i kind of just passed me by and i've sort of missed Yesterday, uh, we'll talk about in a second, was the Juice, FPL Juice tournament. Campeones, campeones. Yes, indeed. Uh, And uh, so that started, I was there from uh, 2.30. Ouch, dentist o'clock. And then as a result, couldn't see any of the games. But obviously, we've got Power League, who are a football pitches company who don't have Sky Sports in the bar. <laughs> so the only sports that were showing in the bar was rugby. Like Leicester versus Harlequins or something. I don't know what it was. There was not. They weren't showing the football. So didn't see any of the games yesterday because uh, we were busy playing in the tournament, mate. So well, don't worry, I, I understand so far from what you've told me. So I missed Holland was out. Fine, Salah captain. Not a problem for me. Yeah, for you. <laughs> um but then that news didn't come in the press conference or anything. Was that just like late dropped news? It's kind of is it, is the question now? Are presses just irrelevant? Uh, well, maybe because I think Pep said after the game last night that after Villary couldn't walk. So, but but also I know people have triple captained him. 
also, yes, I've seen that. And yeah. it's not, f- is it, okay, it's not fair, but it just feels a bit harsh where if you'd had the information, you wouldn't do something like that. So I feel for people that, that happen to, I mean, look, it's the game. It can happen to anyone anytime. Well, but there's lots of people, I, listen, one of the big questions I was getting on my deadline stream Saturday morning was, is it worth a minus eight to get him back? My general take was, you've, you've got a decent captaincy this week. I don't know if, but it was like borderline, you know, is he worth a minus eight to get back and captain him for Luton and Crystal Palace? You're like, you, you've, you're thinking, I was talking about, think about the outcome. You think, well, if he goes mad against Luton, then you're chasing it for Crystal Palace anyway. So there will definitely be people who have done that. There's vice-captaincy hard luck stories, no doubt, going Who's around you, as well. Saka. Okay. And to be honest, what's interesting, I had it on Alvarez most of the week. And I thought, oh, do you know what? Kenilworth Road, what if like, it gets really cold or it rains or something? So they having captain and vice-captain from the same game on the Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So looking and it's, at, it's a tough place, Kenilworth Road. Looking you at my it. other options, it's like Sonny, flagged. Don't know if he's going to play. Darwin Nunes probably plays, but there's an element of risk there. Saka, I think there'll be goals in Villa Arsenal. There weren't many. Fine, I'll just stick it on, on Saka. That was my take. I, had I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think for a second Holland wasn't going to play, right? No, so, no one did. This is on Saturday uh, as well. And, so. Andy Martin told everyone for weeks that he wouldn't play. <laughs> Morning, Andy. Um, I ended up on 44 points, which is not great. It was a red arrow, but barely 30, 40k places. So call it grey. Um, and I only had two returnees, which was Mo Salah as captain with the advice armband and an assist from Julian Alvarez. I had no other returns. So Dubravka came on for Areola for me, which was Boom. always the plan. Uh, but actually, Dubravka conceded less than Areola somehow. I don't know. Between the two of my goalkeepers, they conceded nine well, goals. Well, Areola didn't play. Yeah, okay, fair play. <laughs> West Ham and Newcastle, if you know what I mean. Had Areola played. Had Areola played, I don't know if we'd have conceded five, to be honest. Gabriel and Shimakas, just two pointers. Trippier's now on minus one. Is he five yellows, is he? Yep. So he'll miss a game. Suspended. Who they got next? Fulham at home. Uh, Fulham scored eight, 15 goals in November, so maybe that's a good thing. Since November, I think. Uh, Foden, Socek, Palmer, Diaby, Oli Watkins. Nothing between any of them. So, uh, and my bench... Imagine if I bench Roost, Areola zero, Holland zero, Matt Cash one, and Lascelles doing his best to cancel Matt Cash's one with a minus one. So zero on my bench, James. Bad week. I can't believe you've Bad had week. the... And I don't even want to call it jam, right? Because those have got... No, ha- just, those have it was got a Holland. toss-up between Salah captain anyway. Which, well, no, but anyone who's got fixture. Holland and Salah, largely not anyone, but the majority of people who got Holland and Salah would have Salah as vice-captain. That's what it's for. We've said that so many times before, that if shit happens, that's what the vice-captain chip is for. I cannot believe that that's happened and I've outscored you, though. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and ha- well, okay. I, that's not true. The sentence... Well, no, the full, it, the, it, wait, wait. it is true. The full sentence is... <laughs> I cannot believe that's happened and I've, and I've outscored you because of Spurs' defence. That's the full sentence, James. How is it Udogi uh, and Porro are the saviours? And if there wasn't a 90-whatever-minute goal, minute. it would have been considerably more as well. Yeah, Pierre-Emil Pierre Hoiberg has it's, ruined a it's lot of not, things for me. It's not, is it Udogi and Porro coming up trumps when you've got it's Newcastle? cost points, that goal. Cost you, it's got you to as many points as they got you, mate. No, the Newcastle goal cost me nine points. But those two got you like 20 points between them, maybe? Something like uh, that? 14 between Poro and Udogi, 17 Hyunming Sun. Yeah, so Spurs so. coming up trumps for you at the weekend. So there you go. Listen, I went into the Tottenham game yesterday on 23 points and finished on 54. <laughs> Mental. Touch. Mental. We'll take exactly. it. And you take that, like, that's the same as um, the Salah. 
vice captaincy. Like Spurs could have won four and you could have had nothing, right? Four one, sorry, and it could have all been Kulisevsky or Richarlison or whoever else. Or I mean, she did all right. Our Pedro Porras walked out of that with only five. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, even the the final goal, he puts from a, a number ten position, he puts Sonny through one and one. Sonny takes this horrendous touch, and because he takes a horrendous touch, he ends up with a penalty. He's a Porro don't get an assist for that. So, I mean, I've been saying this 18-pointer has going to be coming for Porro for, for some time. That was nearly it yesterday. Mm. So, if you think about if that had been an assist, and then you get the clean sheet, it's probably what it'd be for him. So, Tell me your flags, then. Why have you wildcarded? So, wildcard is Saturday night because um, a number of problems came up um, during the course of the day. So, I knew Sonny was obviously a, a major doubt. Um, we didn't have the information. For me, it was it was generally a hold, but I had considered obviously removing him. The, the laughable bit for me is if I'd have removed the one I was looking at was Son to Salah, and it would have been uh, I think Martinelli to Garnacho. Then I'd have carried Bumo through. So the way it worked out, even if I'd have ended up if I hadn't made the move and I'd have, I'd have gone Salah, you'd have vice captained him. I'd have obviously vice captained him. I'd have only ended up two points better off. Yeah, I was thinking because Sonny's 17 points I'd have had the cells come in for a minus one as well. That's all. And I would have had no Pedro Porro. Um, so... Holland flagged. Holland, Holland flagged, obviously. Sam Johnston, obviously injured. injured okay. Gone off injured against Liverpool. And you could say, oh, well, yeah, it's Man City away. You're quite right. But I'd kind of come to conclude, just leave that rather than be taking hits for it. We'll scramble through to game week 19. You could say, oh, Matt Turner came back in the team for Nottingham Forest. But I have no idea whether that's going to last this week or not. Leon Bailey hobbling through the majority of the first half of Villa against Arsenal. Exactly what you said. Donner kebab transfer, mate. <laughs> because after six minutes, it looked magnificent. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. To be honest, me and my dad, I watched the game with my dad. We spent most of the first opening quarter of an hour talking about him and how, and how lively and how well he, he is playing at the moment. And do you know what? If he gets the, the thumbs up for the weekend, he might even end up staying on the wild card. Um, but I knew it was going to be too many problems where suddenly it was like, I can see next week becoming like minus eight, minus 12 territory. Yeah, well, 18, you mean, specifically? Uh, no, for this week, for game oh, 17 wow, okay, with fine. the problems. And uh, because as well, I've got a number of players on four yellows, so a doggy. Matty Cash is obviously just a problem anyway. Jamal Lascelles obviously got booked yesterday onto four yellows as well. Um, so suddenly for me, it was like, right, I've, I've just got too many problems here. Let's take a step back and ask ourselves, let's, let's have a look at a wild card. What would that wild card be in game week 19? What would the wild card be now? Is it a million miles away? Well, I can't give you a definitive answer because if Holland gets the thumbs up for the weekend, he's still coming with me. If he gets the thumbs down, then he's coming out. So I need to strategize and look at two completely different plans in terms of what I want to do from that perspective. I also had a number of players that I knew I was going to want who were going up in value, one of which was Robert Sanchez. He's now injured as well. Um, but Solanke, Salah was close, Ollie Watkins, Anthony Gordon. There was a load of players I knew I was probably going to want on the wild card who were going up Saturday night. And it was just a combination of so many things, looking at 17 versus 19 and going, do you know what, this isn't going to be far away, particularly if Haaland was out. Um, Let's go. Let's get it done. Rather than just be, for the next two weeks, just trying to fight to get to, like, good Newcastle, Villa, Tottenham players. Let's rejig this now. Let's get the right players in. You know, things that I can do now, like, go, let's deal with a Matty Cash shit. Right, stick Pal Torres in. 
got him on the value as well. That's a good long-term hold for me and just fix shit all round. So I decided to pull it. Fair play, James. The only uh, frustration, but also an advantage for you this week, actually it's an advantage, is obviously international uh, European football, which is kind of international because it's cross-country. Uh, European football this week, so... You with a wild card can respond to any injuries or anything that happens midweek, whereas a lot of people not on wild card can't. But also, it might fuck up your wild card plans because players you might want suddenly can get crocked and injured. Um, there's obviously a few teams with games that that matter. So Newcastle, their game matters. Yep. Uh, West Ham's game matters. Uh, City and Arsenal, they're they're kind of. Done, Man United. Matters. Man, yeah, well, I obviously want treble Man United going to Liverpool on wild yeah. card, don't I? Uh, and obviously uh, Brighton Villa. Brighton and Villa have got to get points to win their groups. Uh, Same I as think us. Villa have. One Brighton, point. Brighton definitely have. Yeah, and then Liverpool are through sailing, so they're fine as well. Uh, so there's plenty yes. of amongst Brighton Villa, West Ham, uh, and Newcastle. I mean, they're they're all teams that. Uh, play in uh, 18 we're yeah. going to want a bit of interest so it's, it's worth keeping your Instagram and see what happens with these fixtures because they all do matter it's the last group stage game for, for all the European teams um, we're going to talk about the games that have happened James should we talk about real football first like real football as in not us standing in the stands watching but actually lacing up boots can I talk about the fact I got 54 points? Oh, okay, go on. You didn't even tell us. You told us Sonny's no. Pedro Porro and Udogi. There was nothing else to tell. Yeah, I got an assist for Alvarez. So did we all. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so did we all. Um, it's 28.7% ownership, Alvarez. I've got no value in Holland as well. I didn't. I thought he might have gone up, come down, gone up, come down. The problem with he Holland, makes him an easy sell. The problem with it? Holland is he needs about 1.5 million transfers out to lose price. Because the ownership's so massive in the first place anyway, right? Um, don't rush your decision now. It's the best advice I can give people. And I think, you know, what you're saying with the European fixtures, like I was saying even last week, one of the last things I said on, on my stream Saturday was like, don't buy Newcastle players early this week. Like, it'll be tempting with like Fulham, Luton next coming up and Nottingham Forest afterwards. You, you've got to wait through Wednesday. And obviously, you know, Trips is now suspended this weekend, which you think, well, that makes definitely Livramento a lock, but it might be shattered by the time Saturday comes around. I could conceivably end up with no Newcastle. Yep, possible. Indeed. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, let's shout out to the boys at FPL Juice, shall we? Yeah, brilliant. Well James and Ash uh, and Nick, although Nick couldn't make it yesterday, he was unwell. So hopefully, Nick, my friend, you are on the mend and getting better. Um, they organised a little inaugural five-a-side tournament yesterday. First one um, up in Mill Hill down in North London. Obviously, Planet FPL, we took a team. We put together. There was a, a few of us in there. I just realised you're wearing a medal as well. I got the medal, mate. I got the medal. That's so, and, uh, that's we so came wanky back, that you've done that. <laughs> we came back with the trophy, James. Well done. It's did come we, home. Did we deserve it? Yes. Comfortably. Uh, yeah, so these boys organised this five-a-side tournament. There were six teams. There was us. Juice, Black Box. Don't forget anyone. Scout, yeah. Focal, and Graduates were the six teams. Um, and it was, everyone plays everyone. So five group stage games, little mini league, followed by semis, which were just random at a draw. Uh, and uh, final, the semis and finals were 15 minutes, group stages. Did we win minutes. the group as well? I'll tell you, son. All right. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be a long podcast, this. Nah, nah, it'll be, it'll be rapid. But the, the twist was, James, they introduced chips. Oh, I heard about this. They introduced Brilliant. chips, just like FPL chips. So there was four chips that we could use. I heard there was eat a cookie. Half baked, 
which when they gave us these like round chips half baked, I thought that someone's got to go and smoke a spliff or something because you could come back half baked. Now half baked, which meant that any you can only use these chips once in the whole tournament, not per game. Okay. You get you pick whoever you want from the opposition team. They got to run out. Go and find Delia, you know, Delia, uh, who mods for quite a few of the pods and stuff. She was somewhere in the bar or area. Find her. She'll give you a cookie. you got to eat the whole thing and then get back to the pitch and then you're allowed to resume playing. <laughs> that was one of the chips. Uh, extra man. You get six instead of five for five minutes. Uh, didn't see it. So you can call a... Whatever it is that has just happened, you can play that chip and it's cancelled. So whether the team has scored a goal, got a penalty... Man sent off, whatever it is, you can didn't see it. And then the last one was next goal counts double. But uh, it's whoever scores. So it's not just your next goal counts double. If the opposition score off a next goal counts double. Tell and we me, did. Tell me you used everything in the final. We didn't use all our chips. You didn't use them all. We were left with uh, next goal counts double in the final. And we still won. We only used three of our chips, mate. Did yeah. you use them all in the final? No. We didn't use the last one in the final. It was kind of pointless because the problem is, say you're winning 3-0, if you use the next goal counts double, they could get it back to 3-2 if they score the next goal. So you don't really want to necessarily play it. You want to use that when you're losing. Yeah, exactly. But we were never losing in the semis and finals and pretty much in all the group stages, we were never losing. The only group stage game we lost was because they played chips. So we would save them for the semis. And Focal, Focal, Focal's lot, we played in the semis. We played them in a group and beat them. We played them in the semis. They'd saved all their four chips for us in the semis. It was quite amusing. But yeah, we started off with... Uh, uh, so, group stages, James. Played five. Won four. Lost one. Nice. To Scout. Um, who are cheats. Ed. <laughs> happy birthday for yesterday in Praz. Because it emerged after the game with us that... James from uh, Juice was not doing a very good job of keeping a tab of who'd used what chips and they'd used the same chip twice cheating bastards Whoa, didn't see it that'd yeah. get you thrown out of the FA Cup yeah, that lads anyway, group stages mate we started off with graduates who everybody was quite worried about because being that they're young and uh, fit smashed them 6-0 so that was pretty straightforward we then played Focals lot we beat them 2-1 used our first chip which was it didn't see it. So they went 1-0 up. They went 2-0 up. I didn't see it. And then we came back and we won 2-1. So that worked out tactically quite well. So we beat Focus lot quite comfortably. Then we played Scout in our third group stage game. I wonder, we, if, we'll, I wonder if we'll review the Premier League games this We'll week. get there, we'll get there. We <laughs> lost 3-1 to Scout. They used a didn't see it on our goal to go 2-1 up. Um which they'd already used, but no one fucking knew what was going on, so it was fine. And then they used the next goal counts double, so they went from 1-1 to 3-1 and 1, but fine, whatever. Uh, beat Black Box comfortably, and then beat uh, Juice comfortably. Went back to Focal's lot in the semis. They tried to play the extra man and send one of our fuckers off to go and eat cakes. So it was 6v4 for five minutes, but halfway through the five minutes, I played our extra man, and sent one of their fuckers off to go and eat cake. So we had an extra two and a half minutes against them. Comfortably beat them. And then 5-0 uh, up against Scout in the final. Uh, we let Sham's young lad, who's only 11, Zach, shout out. He'd come and join the Planet FPL team. Have a little run around. So he went on for two, three minutes. Uh, he Unfortunately, we conceded two goals when he was on. Poor lad was really sad. But I was explaining to him afterwards, don't worry, right? You're 11, you're running around. Just because we conceded two goals. We ended up winning 6-2. 
it's all right, mate. I was like, listen, you're still here. You're still getting the medal. You're still getting the trophy. You're still part of the team. John Terry didn't play a fucking minute so in the Champions we, League final we, and still came off full kit one Do we lose this because we fielded an ineligible underage no, player? Or? James was fine about this ineligible player. I did tell him, but in, uh, for the fact that he's 11 years old. Uh, so we are now the inaugural FPL Juice five-a-side team champions. Got to give a shout-out to the team, yeah? So Sham, two guys, one cup. FPL, two guys, one cup in goal. We were blessed that we had the best team. There's no ifs and buts. We had the best players, of which I was not one. I was the wait till we're three or four nil up and give someone a two-minute breather player. But, you know, Good eight tactics. shows. Uh, my, my Sham in goal. My, my we, we were blessed. We, had one, we, we were one of the only teams with a goalkeeper, goalkeeper. Go on. My, my, my tactics from afar were give Bruno the ball. Yeah. Well, Bruno... Didn't turn up for the first two games because it took him three and a half, four hours. He got stuck on the M4. So he didn't turn up till halfway through the group stages. So we played the first two games, of which we won 6-0 and 3-1 or whatever, without him. Um, but yes, so shaming goal. We were the only team with a recognised goalkeeper, I would say. There was a couple in there, but um, yeah, so that clearly helps. God, we should have done this at the end, Nico. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keith FPL. You know Keith FPL Brentford. It's going to be a three-hour podcast, this. We've got Tan. He, he, he is Rodri. He plays your role, mate. You know, like, sits in, game in front of him, side to side, control it, snuff out danger. Keith FPL, legend. We had Bruno playing for Team South. Thierry Henry in disguise. Fucking silky skills, slick, athletic. Elliot, who is on the, uh, the Netflix new Squid Game live show. Go and check him out. I think he's number 421. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne in disguise. Except I don't think Kevin De Bruyne has a cheeky fag in between each match and group <laughs> stage. Uh, Kevin Darkwood downstairs doing accounts. Ghana in under 21s. Yes, rudder. Ghana and, uh, under <laughs> He plays for Ghana under 21. I was telling Sim and everyone that <laughs> Kevin had played for Ghana under 21s. And we had Sergei, uh, who we got from the draft, a Russian friend. And he uh, was silky slick as well. And then I made up the numbers. So well done, boys. We got the trophy. I think spring, they're going to... Uh, they're going to redo it in spring and we'll try and keep our squad together. The only addition, obviously, if you're available because Tottenham aren't playing, you're welcome to join the squad, but we'll try and keep our squad together because we've got a trophy to defend. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got no medal because I had more important things to do. Uh, yes, saying. you probably did, to be fair. And I avoided doing something not as important because of the, that, which was watching West Ham lose, uh, which was a disaster. But we There's have no it here. There's no way they're staying there, mate. We have it here. So, uh, well yes, you asked for the trophy to come home. It's come home. And uh, well we done, everyone. Proper fucking football now. It was proper. <laughs> there was a left foot finish from the uh, halfway line in the top corner. That this was proper. This is what proper. you lot don't know, right? When this pod finishes, you're going to go, oh, that was too long, James. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> What's the minutes? We're about an hour in, mate. Oh, uh, just roughly. Um, <laughs> Saturday, Crystal Palace 1. Jurgen Klopp's favourite time kickoff, 12.30, Liverpool 2. Oh, you two. can't say that. Was it Marcus Buckland after the Sheffield United game? Did you see him? Yeah, so fuming. touchy, mate. So angry. Oh, it's so unnecessary because it just brings more attention back to him. Okay, it was a little... Why don't you have a little bit now, of light-hearted banter about it? But anyway, yeah, top whatever. of the league now. Uh, yeah, and I think probably still going a little bit under the radar because I think if you ask most people and you said to them, I think Liverpool win the league, they'd probably say no. They'd probably pick one of the, the two other teams, I think. They just keep chipping away and Sorry. they've got some home Three games. Three other teams. Sorry, Villa fans. Um, but yeah, yeah, listen, Palace, what do I always say? Go there, win, leave. leave. You have to give Palace credit because we've obviously got a lot of uh, problems with, with injuries. Um, we'd said on, on Friday that we'd heard that uh, Hodgson may leave out Michael Elise. 
because of the Sunday, Wednesday, and then Saturday lunchtime things. It's a problem for, for Palace in the sense they were without their best available player at the start of the game as well. And unfortunately, when they did have him involved, they, they were down to 10 men because of Jordan Ayew's red card, which was harsh. It was harsh because I think both are probably yellow card offences, but you'll normally get away with one of them. Mm. When we played Palace... We're talking to... When we played Palace a few weeks ago... The amount of fouls he committed before he got booked. Like, Palace fans will know that, right? He's a disruptor. You yeah, don't, was, no, you don't was, normally get punished. We for had that, the same though. problem with him and Kudus, but I think because they were Ghanaian teammates going at each other, it felt just a little bit like a bit of a rivalry. But they were fouls, sticking the boot in a bit and stuff. I don't think Kudus was an angel opposite, but yeah, I can see why it ends up becoming persistent fouling. Ref gets a bit pissed and pissed off, and next thing you know, so, Carded, mate. bit of early Palace team news for the weekend. Roy Hodgson said that he didn't think Tyreek Mitchell or Ebeze would be back in time for the game. Sam Johnston obviously went off injured. Jefferson Lerman may have a hamstring problem. Jake DeCorey, we know, is out for the season. Odds on Edouard went off at half-time because of a knee injury. Uh, and Ayu himself is obviously suspended now. And they go to Manchester City on Saturday. Triple captain Haaland if he's fit. No. No, don't do that. What I would say is there's two ways that can go. One, you could look at it and go, oh my God, they've got so many men missing. Like there's an inevitability of what that game will be and there probably is. But guess what they're going to do? They're going to make it a slog. They're going to make it hard work. Key will be that the two centre-backs are obviously available in Anderson and Gay. Yeah, but if City score early, then it changes the They won't change dynamic. though. That, that's my point. It what, restrict it to twos and threes rather than so. risk it and go to fives and sixes. I think so. I'm with you because what other choice have they got? Like, what other choice have they got? It's going to be difficult. Well, uh, what they're going to have, Mateta up front. I suppose they'd probably play Elisa and Schlupp in the, in the wide areas. Like, it's, it's not great. They're, they're going to be shorter players quite badly. So bear that in mind in terms of Palace's situation going into Saturday. Um, they've also got Palace... A horrendous run of fixtures coming up, as we've covered previously. For Liverpool, didn't play well. Um, and I think that's, that's pretty clear. Um, Jarrell Quancer played centre-back, and I thought he did fine. But it was obviously his challenge for the penalty, which I've got to be honest, I didn't think there was much difference in that to the Gabriel Jesus incident in the Villa-Arsenal game. Um, Diaz did play, and it, it was pretty bright, I thought, Luis Diaz. It felt like it would be him for a rest. Nunes underwhelmed massively. You have games with him where he, he brings, the, we call him chaos, right? But he has games like that sometimes, you think. Just passes him by. The control's off. There's no space in behind. If he's kind of snatching at moments when they come. And Saturday was one of them. If you owned him when in the Saturday like I did, you'd have gone, I'm not sure I want that afterwards. But again, there's two home games to come for Liverpool. Three of the next four is at home and there's a away yeah, game against, against Burnley. But it does also feel like Salah and Diaz were the two best options for the wide areas, certainly. Jota's not a million miles away, can obviously cover one of them. But Gakpo will take some minutes off of Nunes. Yep. And I don't quite know where or when. So Nunes felt, especially for those three fixtures, Fulham, Sheffield United, Palace, yeah, want some of that. I think for me on wildcard... It's probably, right, I'm going to look at some other things. I think for the majority of the rest of you who are on, it's probably going to be hold. Because I'm going to guess you've probably got problems elsewhere in your teams that need fixing up more. You whether don't that's think... Uh, covering Kieran Trippier's suspension or... Like, nobody's got a goalkeeper available at the no, moment, have they? No temptation <laughs> defensive at all. Like, Trent... Are you, no, keeping, are you keeping Shimakas through? 
I'm not decided on Shimikas because I know with Shimikas that those three home games are tough, but at Anfield, they're very, very capable. Um, but I also know it's a short-term thing, right? So it's probably four game weeks. He, he's then one of your transfers then, you can move then on. Then Robertson's, Robertson will probably be back sort of mid-January. So it would be a short-term. For Trent, I, I think the same applies. I mean, look, he's ended up with two bonus from this, despite no attacking return. He played really well. Um, he's obviously having a big influence on them at the moment. He played in the second half in the sixth role. Wataro Endo didn't play well in the first half, so they just pulled Joe Gomez on and moved Trent into the midfield. We might see more of that. I think McAllister was a big miss for them mm. in the game as well. I just don't want to pay that, that eight million. But there is a, a school of thought, and I get it, that obviously if Haaland's out, there's money available somewhere, particularly if you're already on the Haaland Salah path, yeah. right? So there's, there's availability to move a Haaland to a, I don't know, Watkins, Solanke, if he's out. And then what am I going to do with the money? Oh, Kieran Tripp is suspended like Trent or get a different yeah. player in to cover for Tripp. You've got to keep week, the go money Trent. aside to go back to Haaland when he's ready. I get man. it. And that's and then, the biggest fear for me for people moving very, on Haaland. Very, very true. But let's remember as well, and this is one of the things I need to think about this week in terms of planning ahead. Like for me, Salah and Son are two players I could look at now and think well, they've got to go in for me. Sonny looked fine yesterday. I'll talk about his position in a bit later. Um, Salah's got to go in for me. And to be honest, if Haaland's unavailable the weekend, I'm probably captain Salah against United. Look at what he's done historically in that fixture. And it's killed me. How many times has he killed me in that fixture? And look at what Bournemouth and, did to Man United. And this week's wildcard yeah. into that would be like a nice little revenge. We'll get on to United. Mm. Yeah, that's um, why I think they're targetable. But I if I go Salah, Son and wildcard, which is highly likely to do, because I just think over the next four, I, I need them. They're obviously both going to disappear at the same time in game week 21. And thinking about what that's going to be needs working out. Now, for me, I think it might just be I go two players for three, four weeks and just leave the money rather than struggle to get back. There's also a case point for doing that with Haaland at the moment as well because I know I want to get back, right? I think probably the solution for me if, if Haaland was out this week would be sell Salah for the last game against Newcastle miss Haaland against Everton in 19, but have Haaland for 20 against Sheffield United. So then I'm selling Salah in 20 and Son in 21 or do it the other way around. That's the kind of idea I have in my head at the moment if Haaland doesn't make it. Um, but no, I, I, I can't see me having Trent on wildcard. I, I see the logic behind it. I don't think it'd be for me, such Brighton won, Burnley won. Thank you, Brighton, for bringing back the Brighton special. One what's, one. What's that? One one. One one, one special. It's been a little while since they've been one one specialists, but a one one, uh, nonetheless. Um, bare bones a little bit um, for them, isn't it, with injuries and stuff? I'm, Mitoma didn't start. We did talk about him being a punt for one week, and maybe this is and the this, one this is to go no to. One, this and whatever. Is why no one went there. <laughs> he didn't start. He didn't start. Um, Pascal Gross, another seven pointer. That guy, like. I've picked him up in the past and stuff, but never... He's one of them, like, everyone has a certain player. You, this season, you like a little bit of Harry Wilson bigging up. and then We'll big certain players up. You'll just never own them. Harry Wilson's done nothing except scored a worldie <laughs> against you yesterday. <laughs> but That's because you, you keep digging him. me out for tipping him up back in, like, game week seven. And Pascal Gross keeps returning. Um, 6.4 million. He's Mr. Consistent. I still wouldn't be, be looking at going anywhere near him What's either, remarkable about Gross is he played left, left back on Wednesday... Right back on Saturday, and he's midfield. still a potential asset. Like yeah. he just disappears and he into takes midfield some set areas. Pieces and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
yeah, I think Burnley will be happy to go to uh, the Amex and come back with uh, with a point. Yeah, I, to be honest, most teams will go there because of what Brighton's capability are. We'll, we'll generally be quite happy with that anyway. I don't think any Liverpool fan reflects on drawing 2-2 there as a bad result. You'd go, yeah, I completely understand that. Um, and I think Arsenal will find a difficult game in, in Brighton at the weekend. But he, to be honest, like in terms of how, how do I think that will go on Sunday, it's quite dependent on what the game's like for Brighton on Thursday, I think. And how involved they are in that. Now, it's worth saying, once Brighton get beyond Arsenal, I spoke about this last week, their spacing is really good over Christmas, where it might settle. Then, obviously, they go into January, where they can just, like, rotate in the FA Cup if they want, go fairly strong for the couple of league games. You might, after Arsenal, get consistency in the lineup, And someone like Mitoma actually might come back to the table. But until that right now, you can only look at a Dinger or a Jao Pedro from a value perspective and say, that's okay. They never play the same goalkeeper, do they? No. Nah. So don't keep clean sheets. I think obviously Dunk coming back is obviously a, a major major boost for them, obviously back from suspension. Same with De Hoog, just gives them a little bit more in terms of numbers and bodies in there. I think there might be an interesting conversation come next week. No one's going to go and buy it for Arsenal away this week anyway. Um you could maybe get away with your... Even Arsenal away, though. Say you've got João Pedro. Like, if he doesn't start Thursday and you've got all these problems maybe in the rest of your teams, then you just play him at Arsenal. Mm. It, it wouldn't shock me if they went to Arsenal and got signed. Because they're capable. And they can be a frustrating beast to play against. You just know that they won't keep a clean sheet. The last clean, clean sheet they kept was at the Emirates. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievably in that in Football that cycles. Let's see what the happens. Pre, in the Premier League, any case. For Burnley... Yeah, good result. Bit of a hang-on period in the second half, naturally. And we should say James Trafford because we've given quite a bit of criticism on this podcast. He's made some top saves in the second half, which I think would be good for his confidence and good for the players playing in front of him. Dara Roche coming back in for Ekdal. The, the, probably the relevant one from a fantasy perspective is obviously Charlie Taylor. He's now suspended for the weekend game against Everton. Imagine you're sitting there with something like Trippier and Taylor. It's conceivable, isn't it? You could have gone into this week with like Trippier, James, Taylor. What you got now for the weekend, mm. man? You're taking hits for defenders under that circumstance, aren't you? That's a sickness because it's one of the ones you probably would have thought Everton at home, despite their really good form. You go, oh, I could, I could use that. I think they'll probably use Connor Roberts probably in that position and they'll use him quite inverted to come into midfield for that fixture at the weekend. Yep. Let's talk about that other fixture then that you said we'll get to. 3-0 Bournemouth against Manchester United. We talked about how much more of a difficult game than uh, Chelsea Bournemouth would be, but I didn't think it'd be this much more difficult. Uh, they kept the same team, Man United, in terms of no Rashford still. And when I saw the lineup with no Rashford, I thought, well, all that's right, the right fair thing play. to do again, yeah. Yeah, like credit to if you've got a winning team that's played well, don't then pander to the star and bring him back in again. Fair play. Reguilon comes in left back and uh, Shaw... Enforced. Enforced. Yeah, but Shaw moving into yep. Central, which is what they did in the second half, wasn't it? Or whenever the yeah, injury happened Lindelof against Chelsea. So carried on. Time. Basically, what finished Chelsea carried on through and got a slap. Um, Just when you give them praise. Shout out to FPL Sponge, who I watched on the uh, AFCB podcast channel outside Old Trafford. He was so happy, bless him. Yeah, he's, his eyes looked a bit better than they did at our live show, Mr. Heckler. Hello, pal. Hope you're well. Great result. He said it was Bournemouth's best ever result. Ever? Ever. I don't know, 3-0 Old Trafford probably is, isn't it? 
It might well be. I don't know Bournemouth results well enough to know, James. Have they ever got in like semis or finals of a trophy or close to winning something or no, and a Vanarama something they've or had whatever, some, Papa John something or other? They've had obviously really good results against Chelsea, certainly a few times. You know, one at my team in April. They've, they've won some of these big away games. Yeah. But I think to win like that to go in to that Old Trafford 3-0. Yeah. yeah, whatever state they're in. You don't remember that. Man United were in a proper state. And let's be honest, as we said on Friday, Man United were really good last Wednesday. Yeah. I don't know if that tells yeah. us more about Chelsea maybe but the mentality against Chelsea was right at the weekend I don't think it helped and this is always the same with United as soon as they hit like a roadblock or a problem they the collapse seems to happen something mentally I mean I think collapse in this game per se until later on in the game but it's like they hit a setback and it just goes wrong so Solanke scoring after five minutes like when I saw that I thought I didn't think, oh, United will definitely come back this time like they did say against Brentford. I thought, different trouble we are. So I thought that straight away as soon as they conceded. What do you make of uh, the stat? 20 shots for Man United, zero big chances. Just no real decisive uh, quality in terms of what they were able I, to I, create. I a lot think of in fairness, there was uh, a lot of heroic blocks from Bournemouth. And 12 I'm, block shots. I'm, yeah. I'm very conscious, actually, of, of not overlooking Bournemouth here because Manchester United is just not a fantasy conversation anyway, other than there'll be a few people holding like an Onana, Dallow or Maguire. Well, guess what? If you've got all those other injuries and suspensions, you might need it this week, and that could be ugly in itself. Bruno Fernandes is suspended for the trip to Liverpool. Got a yellow card. Now, whatever you think of Bruno, that midfield, <sighs> I, I would presume they'll play Mino and Amrabat together, I think, and probably play McTominay as a 10, who just on the highlights I saw in match a day, I could have pulled out five or six errors that was enough for talking tactics on Scott McTominay. He looked like he had a disaster class to me. And we know... He's been interesting from a fantasy asset perspective recently. They bring Rashford back in for yeah, Garnacho. Like, like uh, well, and then what? Move, well, who's going to come in for You want Rashford chasing after Trent? Even if Trent, whether Trent plays it as an auxiliary right back or whether he moves into midfield, you trust Rashford to go after him? No, but then someone else will have to do that role. Rashford isn't going to track him. We're not buying the United players anyway. Bournemouth, though, like the next three, Luton... Uh, Luton and Forrester are at home, right? And in between sandwiched against that, who's the away game? Fulham? Uh, oh, Luton Bournemouth. and Fulham are home and Forrester is the away game in between for yes. Bournemouth. So really, that run of three... Really good. Got to buy Solanke, surely, for that. Like if, you're, if you're talking about form, fixtures, and everything coming together at the right time, avoiding that is like just going counter to everything. So are you buying him this week? I think I should. Can you afford to? As in, like, other problems in your squad? Or are you, have you landed Holland. okay out of this? If Haaland's... Well, Trippier, and I'll just bench Trippier for Lascelles, because Fulham at home still Sven okay. If Sven not back. Yeah. And I've got Diaby and Cash are currently my bench. What good's that? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, do you leave him on the bench? Sorry. Diaby and Cash on my bench okay, right now. Fine. So I've got depth on my bench. Yeah. So, yes. Like, I could... If Haaland was out, I could sell Haaland for Solanke, no problem. That's a, I think that's a given for most people. I yeah. Think. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too, too obvious. Um, but there must be some other fringe players running around. I mean, I, but it's talisman. Can, can I be Slanky, honest with you? As long as he's, you know, he doesn't suffer a training setback during the week or something, and I think this would apply to nearly anybody else on wildcard, he's a certainty for me. It might be. It's an absolute certainty. 
And there's only three or four people in my head I could think, 100%. He's one of them. Mm. He's got to go in. And do you know what? I think he's like the fourth highest scoring forward now. And just thinking about this longer term, you do wonder if just like when they're all fit, Hall and Watkins, Solanke, you've got three consistent beasts there at slightly different quality levels, yep. but are all really good value at their pricing. Yes, even Haaland because of the amount you use the armband on him. Oh, you could just leave that and start so jumping around question. the midfield players more. Between now and the end of the season, who scores more points? Dominic Solanke or Julian Alvarez? Um, because what you said there was I'm, set and I'm forget, very, right? I'm very t- I, no, listen, it never becomes set and no, forget, No, unfortunately right? not. Um, because blanks and doubles and form will change and all that sort of stuff. I'd be very tempted to say Solanke, Serge, because Kevin De Bruyne's return will have a major impact on Alvarez, That's right? very true. That's very true. Like I bought uh, Alvarez at 6'6", six, six, and 6'6 six, six is Solanke's current price, and Alvarez is at 6'9". Alvarez has ta- tapered off a little bit, and it's always about catching these players when they're on a run. But um, I don't think it's, it's as clear-cut uh, between the two of them. It'll be tight between the two of them. But again, yeah, if you're going to take someone, up a Someone spot, like Solanke, sure. if he goes in on the wild card and he blanks against Luton and blanks against Forrest and then blanks in a couple of games after, he gets moved on to someone, doesn't he? So... Is Let me reality. ask the question differently. Holland's Holland's fit and plays. Watkins, uh, we know is is in a lot of teams That's as well. Front three Would you fit. then sell Alvarez if you were in this position? Yeah, Alvarez going. for Solanke. Yeah. You think that's okay for people to move Alvarez on yeah. now? And I'm I'm probably there or thereabouts as well. But I think yet, I've had my fun with Alvarez. Time for him to go. Yeah, he might stay for me, Alvarez. If obviously Holland's out, because you know he's going to play through yeah, the middle yeah. against that Palace. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Even so one of Holland, term, what we're saying is one of Holland or Alvarez is sacrificial for Solanke well, for might, a lot of they, people this they week. They might both be sacrificial for a bit. It's not as many people as you think on Alvarez, mate. Mm. I don't think. I think a majority have already 28%. been off. 28%. Uh, live is not a big deal, I don't think. And I think most have either moved it on or thinking of moving it on. Um, and uh, to be honest, is even people I think will go Alvarez to Solanke this week. I'm not sure I'd necessarily advise that, by the way. But in most scenarios, I think Solanke is going to be really popular. It was part of the reason for me knowing that's a clear player that people are going to go and target this week. On wildcard, you've got to take advantage of that. You're trying to add anything else from Bournemouth? Yeah, there's big considerations for a few. So a couple of caveats first. Marcus Senesai has scored in the last couple of games and he's only 4.3. He's on four yellow cards. Whether that bothers you or not is entirely up to you. But if you need it specifically for game week 18, you have to be aware of that. Neto in goal, I think it's a really good option. Still um, full five? Yeah, I, I, that's a really good option, actually. I think it's fine. He's consistent. He had a little period where he came out of the team. I think he's secure and back in it. Almost defensively have improved since he come back in as well. I think that's a really interesting option that's going to be a, a real differential. It won't be many teams because of that period where he came out. Um, I like Zabani as well as an option. I think Milos Kerkes, you would have to have short-term thinking about it because we don't know the impact when Lloyd Kelly's back in January. But for Christmas, you should you should be good. He particularly made a number of really good blocks at the weekend. Um, Justin Cliver, he's not really returning at the moment, but that's a great enabling price at 4.6. Won't rule it out. Marcus Tavernier is the sort of one I, I could... If I end up going with Holland and Salah, I can see me going with someone like that. And just punting it for a couple of games, yeah. Because I think my thinking might be to take Saka and Bowen out, knowing that Salah and Son to those two when it comes round later on. It's risky, 
but it might be then I'd end up with something like Tavernier, Gordon and Palmer, for example. I could see me ending up with something like that, possibly. Solanke, obviously, Semenyo up front. Might be that I'd go Semenyo's third four. I could go Semenyo and Solanke, go them two and Watkins. If I then go to midfield five, then obviously... Oh, power. When I flip Salah to Haaland, I'm then going Salah to a cheap midfielder, and I and then Semenya up to Haaland. It gives me really good cover over this Christmas period. So there's a number there to consider for Bournemouth at the moment. Really good performance, really good win. What are they, 16 points in seven or something? Are they level one points with Chelsea? Yes. Bloody hell. I saw and Wolves. A, I saw and a, Brentford. All I of them on 19 points. I saw a brilliant stat on Chelsea. I just to throw it out where I remember. Because of Forest draw on Saturday, none of the 17 teams that have been in the Premier League all year, the whole calendar year, none of them have got less points than Chelsea. Mad. <laughs> Sheffield United won Brentford nil. Let's talk about this game, James. Uh, I don't know much about it at all, to be honest with you, other than I saw bad day the for Brentford. The XG in the first half was about 0.10 across okay. both teams or something. Uh, what do we know on uh, Mbomo? Because I think he's the most uh, fantasy relevant asset in this at the moment as it stands. No uh, return dates. Going to be a few weeks. Yeah, I couldn't you really. Going to see Bumo till February, mate. Is that what their prognosis is now? Well, I just just thinking anything beyond sort of January the second. So that's taking us up to what game week twenty. I then, couldn't understand. Then he, then this he's guy was ask saying Frank was fit. like, uh, it's not good. But then it'll be a few weeks. I, I didn't know if he was trying to I, downplay I, my, it or upplay My personal it. thoughts would be, I'm not a doctor, but there's every chance he won't even play at AFCON is my take. So okay. if you're still sitting on it, it's going to go. Got to move it on. Yeah, I think so. Um, and that was never the plan because I'd wanted him for this fixture and you may have had a, a different result. And their run is uh, is the start, as it? it was supposed to be the start anyway, of a, a decent run for Brentford. Well, and also now as well, we don't think the 20 double. That was another thing in terms of wildcard. Getting beyond Saturday and none of, no City-Brentford announcement. Because part, part, of, off radar part of the reason for holding for 19 as well was to get in the right City players and maybe a couple of Brentford for the double and stuff. Because they've got some good fixtures over that period as well. Um but I don't know where you'd want to go at the moment. We've got too many problems. Christopher Gere now is out to a game with 21 as well. We think Collins, Jensen and De Silva have all got a chance of being back at the weekend. Um, we've got so many problems. I said on Friday, I think that they'd, they've been the worst hit now in terms of actually impacting the first 11. They went back to a 4-3-3 at the weekend. Lewis Potter played the right wing position. We weren't sure whether it was going to be him or Visser. That side, Vissa played left. Norgard being back was obviously a bonus, but then because of that, they did what I said to you on the differential show. I thought they'd do play Vitaly Yanel at left back. You're better off with him in midfield. They're not in a good place at the moment, and it's it's very understandable why. So avoid. Very understandable avoid. why. Great result for Sheffield United. It is. Um, this looked like more of a four-one-four-one. With I'm interested to speak to I'm, I'm speaking to Tomo tonight for tomorrow's clash of correspondence. It, it kind of like Cameron Archer really played, and I know he did against Liverpool, and I might have had the wrong read in terms of their system. But really did have a big lean to the left. Or Shula played through the middle. I don't know he's on four yellow cards by the way, because I feel like he ain't played four games this season, but he is. And Vinicius Souza really protected. Andre Brooks played a little bit more inside. Loud gave Gustavo Harmer a little bit more freedom than what they obviously had against Liverpool. McAtee's goal was absolutely great. They'll obviously be in a good frame of mind now. And yep. you know what? They'll look at Chelsea and won't be frightened about it Saturday. I don't see Chelsea walloping them like 4-5-0. I would expect Chelsea to win. 
Yeah, I, I would. But I, I don't see Chelsea walloping them. Um, you know what you're going to get from Chris Wilder, and obviously the team will, will fill in a, a yeah, much when better I state, state at the moment. It was one of those where I'm like, great result. You look look good uh, in terms of winning 1 0 at home, get some points on the board. And then when you go and look at the table, and you're like, okay, you're still up to only eight points. You're still five points behind Everton, who are just above the relegation zone, who have had 10 points deducted. It was, it just felt like good result, good win. You're probably still getting down Who, there. Who's above Everton? Is Forest? Forest with one point. You ain't even looking at Everton, you're looking at Forest. Yeah, yeah, I get that because I think Everton will really climb out. Forest 14 and then Palace 16 points. It's 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 a big gap at the moment for them, sadly. Uh, and we're talking about Forest. Wolves won, Forest won. I thought they'd done well to get a, a result here. Um, arrest the run of like negativity around them, which justified and unjustified a little bit as well. Like I don't see Forest at risk of going down at all this season. So it's just kind of play your, your cards when you're dealt them. Um... I wouldn't say that, actually. I don't think so. I wouldn't say that. They're without a goal scorer at the moment. So they've ended up kind of playing Langer and Gibbs-White through the middle at the weekend. They changed system, which is what Mark had called for a couple of weeks ago before they played Everton. He was like, you'd feel more stable about them being able to get results if they There's played three the back, the back. three, mm. which it obviously moved away from. But it does give them a better platform to try and stop the opposition. You should bear that in mind for the Friday night game against Tottenham. Loads of changes. Uh, Bolly and Niakate either side of Murillo which I think helped Murillo because I said it, like he was overly aggressive trying to chase things against Fulham and then they were playing around him. And you can afford to do that a bit more in a back five yeah. if you step out from there. Lots of players do it in back fours now, but if you don't get it right, you're in so much trouble. Williams played right wing back kind of out of nowhere. Kiate was back in the team. We haven't seen him for a while. Um, so it was a real different feel to Forest. The only one that's relevant from a fantasy perspective, and I must shout out the person who said to me on Saturday on the stream, who said, why don't you just start Turner over Johnston? I thought, well, Turner ain't playing anyway. And, he, and I did have half a set and think, should I do that? No, he won't play anyway. Okay, it would have made one point difference for me. Um, I think he's obviously dropped to 3.9. And uh, so is, I, that, is, is Lacadimos out now? Then I, well, I, no, he's fit. No, as out of the team. I obviously threw Turner out before the price went down at the weekend. He could come back. Buy him back cheaper. But <laughs> I think that could flip at any time. That's too dangerous. I don't think that's like a, oh, that's done. Turner's back in goal was the 3.9 goalkeeper of choice. Like, you're probably in a position now where if you, if you still have him and some will, it might solve the problem for you. But do you want to look at it against Tottenham this weekend? Like, probably not. And then and Bournemouth, but then it's Newcastle, Man United, Brentford, Arsenal. It's a, it's, it's not a great run, is it? Nah, After, nah, there's better options elsewhere. For 18 is fine, but even like that Bournemouth fixture just looks way tougher now, doesn't mm. it? You wouldn't think Bournemouth wouldn't go there and score, would you? Nah. Wolves, nah. on the other hand, keep scoring. Like, not They're not uh, prolific, but they... They have goals in them now. Cunha's chipped in a little bit now. We know what Huang can do. A lot of people went in with him this weekend. They're still missing Neto. Sarabia's uh, kind of slotted in there as well. They've got a goal or two in them in a lot of games now, Wolves. So he kind of gives you a bit more of a fighting chance to, to do well. Yeah, I've ruled Cunha out of wildcard. I know I've done that because I bought him on Saturday night and took the price rise and sold him yesterday to cover for Watkins in case he went up. And I've decided I would go Jimenez over Cunha. So Cunha's ruled out for me on wild card. Purely just if I need the striker in 18, I'd rather have Jimenez at home to Burnley than Cunha against Chelsea. That's the decision. And if, if whichever one of them I went for, it would be short term. Mm. He's dancing around a Holland problem potentially. So I've ruled him out. Um, 
but he's been he's been ticking over really great. I think he's like fifth or sixth highest going forward now or something. Yep. Huang's obviously been doing really well. The conscious with him, as we said several times, is four yellows. Neto, we don't think will be back for the weekend. Um, on Mario Lamina, because he's so important to Wolves, he did go off at the weekend. The word is it was precautionary. So he should still be okay for the week because it'll be weaker without him. No doubt about that. Joseph Sara obviously back in goal. No big surprise. So if, if you were looking for your Bentley 7.8 and Turner Dream, that's, that's over for you. So I think Wolves, I'm probably going to pass by um, Serge, because I think there would, there would have been a temptation to attack them for the two that's just gone, right? Burnley and Forest, while Cardin into them now feels... What have they got at the weekend, Wolves? Away uh, game, isn't it? They're playing the mighty, massive, giant West Ham. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to beat Chelsea the week after, uh, but I, I wouldn't fancy them, at, despite what I'm to you yesterday, I wouldn't fancy them at, nah, at your place. So Agreed. I think Cunha and Huang... Really good enabling options. Uh, Eight Nori's got a chance of being back next week if you're still on. And if you are, then there's every chance you're going to need him even in that fixture. Um, I did note, by the way, um, a, a, a bit of a... I've been doing some proper digging because I'm on wildcard. I have to check fact these things. Um, Nelson Semedo and Jack Grealish showing on the FPL site as four yellow cards. Um both got booked in the same game, which doesn't show on FPL's site. So they are obviously... Jack Grealish, we know, was suspended at Villa. But it might be one you forget in a couple of weeks. Semedo had his suspension ages ago. Oh, so but uh, on the FPL website, they're only showing four yellows. Just bear that in mind. So okay. like he's fine. What I'm saying, if you did want to go into him for whatever reason, like he's had his suspension out of the way, despite the fact it shows he's on four yellow cards. Cool, cool. Uh, let's talk about Aston Villa 1, Arsenal 0. I caught the last 20 minutes of this, but Arsenal were trying to bang on the door a little bit. Um, but Villa's home run keeps going. 15 games now. And they'll feel like it's never going to end. Sheffield United and Burnley are the next two home games. Yeah, so you'd bank them to so win those two. I think Liverpool 24 is the Premier League record, I think. So you've still got a fair, a way, to go. fair way to go, I think. A way to go. Look, for them to win those two games against certainly two of the title contenders and, and keep not clean sheet goal. in both. Yeah, that, that's absolutely brilliant. When actually, if you look at all the results prior to these two, they had always been conceding the odd goal. Like yeah, you yeah. said with Matty Cash and stuff, it's like ones and twos and that shit. So that's really impressive and they did it in a very different way to the City game. So I think Emmy Martinez summed it up really well after the game. It's like, look, we dominated City. Saturday had to hold on. Um, and that was fair because actually... It's weird how football works out. I thought Arsenal played quite well, actually. Mm. Um, not to the extent I think oh, Arsenal should have won or anything like that, but I think Arsenal's performance was was fine. They created big moments. I think Four partic- big chances. They yeah. just missed them all. Particularly that Odegaard miss in the mm. first half. Like It's good, really good save from Martinez, um, who gambles a little bit with his feet, but <coughs> Odegaard's got to score in that situation. They played better than they played at Brentford or Luton when they got the two late winners. Um, and Villa can play better than that. Now, that's the big caveat and thing to appreciate for Villa. Villa can play better. And what also really benefited Villa was, you reflect on, say, Newcastle yesterday and not being able to bring players in to change the game. Villa's changes, I felt, made them weaker, but it was still competitive changes to bring into the game. You know, people who can compete for a first-team place. The majority of the squad's fit. We know, obviously, Buendia and Mings have been long-term injuries. But largely otherwise... Majority of that squad's fit, 
And uh, I think we should obviously all be interested, whatever our strategy is on them at the moment. I think Watkins, for me, is going to be the standout captain in game week 18. And there, there should be an awareness that people are going to buy him this week. And as long as he doesn't get injured at the weekend, people are definitely going to be buying him next week. So I can see those who keep Haaland fighting with the urge not to go early for Watkins next week. Remember, next week's Carabao Cup fixtures, no game for Villa. So it should be one you should be able to go early, but remember, obviously, they don't play till Sunday. So Villa players of interest for me, Pau Torres is a definite. There's two defenders are absolute definites in my wild card, and he's one. The reason him, um, I think Diogo Carlos, who's cheaper, is playing really, really well at the moment. He's only 4.4, but I do feel like that could change. Torres, I feel like even if he had to cover at left back, which he might do this weekend, by the way, I feel like he's definitely going to play at 4.6. Can I guarantee that like 100% every game? No, he might get rotated over a Christmas period. But largely speaking, he's going to play all the games. Cash and the others is too guessy, punty. Luca Dean's obviously suspended this week. But what if Moreno plays really well? Could he, could he stay in for Sheffield United? He's at the moment where suddenly it flips. Douglas Luiz is suspended for the game this weekend at Brentford as well. That's a real big miss, actually. Um, but obviously, he'll be available for game week 18. So those we've got are going to want to keep. You ain't going to want to sell that when he's going to... No. He'll be back and he'll definitely be in the team with Sheffield United. McGinn's interesting. As I said, Leon, Leon Bailey may well come with me. If I think he's going to start on Sunday... I may well go down that route. We're in uh, such a funny... I, I know, because uh, I'm sitting with a wild card now. I could punt it even better now, right? As go, right, do you know what? You're Sod it. You're my one wild, I think real you, wild you, card You and me are the epitome of the opposite ends of the spectrum that the FPL community will be on Villa. So, obviously, because you've got your wild card, Watkins, for all of us, is like the staple, yeah? Don't piss about with talismanic Watkins. You're on wild card, so you can kind of go flavour of the moment, a little bit fruity. Oh. Bailey and Bailey and uh, Tor- uh, Paul Torres. I've had my Villa players for a few weeks and have gone with the tried and trusted Cash and Diaby. I can't justify without a wild card moving Cash and Diaby before 18. I'm kind of like spluttering along yeah, till we get there. Bailey's out. And Diaby's now Bailey's out. Diaby's come good again, which we might mean Cash comes good again. We so we're in a real hokey-cokey. Watkins is a staple. The rest of them... Yeah. Is a little bit of a, but I can't. I want to get Pedro. I've Porro. told you if, if Bailey's out, Cash and Diaby might both be back yeah. in. I want to get Porro, and I cannot justify moving Cash on for Porro because of game week 18 being two weeks away. I'm stuck with Cash, Diaby, Watkins, and I'm not going to move any of them on Did this. Did you say week. you can't justify Cash to Porro? Yeah, this week. Because I won't have 18 players. I won't have 11 players in 18. But here's the thing, James. I could cut, justify Trippier to Porro. Yeah, but you're going to want Trips back straight away, really. What, for Luton away? Who and then, and then have just home. made it very difficult for, uh, our, for, for City. They made it very difficult for Liverpool. I they made it that. difficult for your boys, my boys. It's a shithole to go to. So I might just leave... <laughs> Just a shit old full it's stop. It's a difficult Sorry, place guys. to go to. Uh, <laughs> I might just make Trippier the sacrifice, like play the cards that I've got on the table. But I, don't, I can't do cash, put it that way. Arsenal, Brighton at home now, which will be uh, important. Liverpool away, West Ham at home. Three tough, tougher games, you'd say. They always beat us, to be fair. But. Yeah, I don't want to go with no Arsenal. Um, 
on wild card. I think Gabriel's almost going to be a definite for me. Um, I realise there's a little bit more risk in him than William Saliba, but there's also a saving of a good 0.6. And yes, the next two are tough, Brighton, Liverpool, but I'm going to probably try and set myself in a... I say Brighton's tough. It is from a defensive perspective, at least. Um, try and set myself up where I can bench him in the next two. And have him ready for the good run that, that starts afterwards. Is it you they play afterwards, game week 20? Who? Arsenal. Yes. Uh, yeah. We play them in uh, 19, isn't it? Uh, 19, sorry. Yeah, you're yeah. quite right. Then I think they're Fulham. Then it's Palace at Palace. home. Like, it's a good then run Forest. coming. It's steady. So I don't want to go no Arsenal on wild card. Um, but it, I, it won't be free. Um, Raya, I don't think, is under consideration for me. I think Gabriel worth the saving on Saliba. Um, this, you could make a case for Zinchenko or Wyatt now that um, Tommy Asu is going to be out for a while. But I'm not keen on that, particularly. Saka... I've obviously got good value in, and he probably stays. If Haaland's out, Saka's a definite for me. But if Haaland's available, I might cut him. Okay. I might cut him, and that would be part of the strategy. Like I said, Salah, Son, to It probably means I cut Bowen as well. And then there'll be my two guys to come in for Salah and Son further down the line. So Saka is, I think, dependent by Haaland. I would say I need to set up two wild cards here, basically, because the decision the decision is going to come on Friday, right? And I'm going to have three, four hours to lock it in because Friday deadline, right? Pep's not going to do his press until Friday, I shouldn't imagine. No. Anyway, tell you anything anyway. So the rest, though, like Martinelli is just a complete cut for me at the moment. I've I've got no interest in anything else Arsenal at the moment, but aware that I might want to get to three fairly soon. So there's an idea of how to get to Saka. Gabriel is really likely to come with me even though if I bench it for the next couple of weeks that's the thinking um, Arsenal have lost now at Villa at Newcastle those are two of the toughest away games you can have it's not it's not a disaster particularly considering those late winners they obviously had next couple big for Arsenal because you might blink Brighton at home it will be a tough game they might win it 4-0 by the way but it could be a really tough game then obviously to go to Anfield you could end up in a position here suddenly where you go, oh shit, with five, six behind Liverpool. Could happen here. I think it's going to topsy-turvy a little bit if, for if, a while. If Liverpool so. get in that position, they'll right fancy themselves and they've got the know-how. They're good front runners for sure. Yeah. Cool, let's talk about some of these Sunday games, James. Uh, question for you. Are Everton now good? <laughs> yes, if everybody's fit. Because with Daesh we thought they would have the know-how and craft to just get through and get results and whatever else. If they hadn't had their points deduction, they'd be one point behind us, top half of the table. They've beaten Chelsea now 2-0, who are They're just Jekyll and Hyde. just won three games and kept three clean sheets in a row. How That's why I'm asking you, mate. Think Sol I, I, three weeks I didn't ago? think Everton <laughs> were going to go down, but it was because everyone else was so bad and Dyche would just get them out of it. But they're winning games and it's kind of like, are they actually good now? Like, are they a good team or are they just a functional team? But they seem to be doing what they need to. Um, it feels harsh to call them functional. I just think they've, they've rallied, right? They've realised the, the crisis of the problem. Makes a decent imagine, difference when DCL's in Imagine they've lost all three of them games this week. I did hear Baker saying yesterday that he thought DCL was, uh, would be, if he was fit for the season, ahead of Watkins for England in the Euros. I don't agree with that. I don't think DCL has proven... That he's anywhere in the level. I don't of think you could rely to keep him fit for a month, but, unfortunately. Um, but look, they'll be happy, man. Super happy now. 
Yeah, there's a couple of FPL options here. Pickford, by default, because everyone seems to have a goalkeeper problem somewhere, so wildcarders are going to consider it for a player who's just kept three clean sheets in a row, and their fixture this weekend isn't bad. So I might even look, in, look at a pairing of him. Um, Brantthwaite's obviously really good enabling price. My problem with him always is, despite the fact they've obviously had a really good run, I don't know how many weeks I'd, they'd be that I'd look at him and go, I'm going to play you. Oh, this week could be one. No, it's not. He's suspended. And by the way, I wouldn't be surprised to get beat without him. I said this, whichever game he misses, they'll be in trouble for. Yep. So it's Burnley away this week, and it, it might be one you go, oh, shit, Burnley beat Everton, and the narrative spins back around. Because... Um, they can afford to play a little bit higher with him. They'll go deeper, and it's a massive drop-off to Michael Caine. Um, they're James Garner back this weekend. That's a positive. I think of the midfielders. It's the regular one, I say, is Abdullah Decore. If you do want to go in there rather than, say, Harrison. Decore's underlying numbers <coughs> are great. Really good. I think he's been overlooked because there's been so many others, Palmers, Gordons, who have been playing for teams that we'd associate with scoring more goals, who are a bit more interesting and exciting. Abdullah Decore will tick over. But it's the same thing. I, I don't think I'll be going now. So it could be that despite the three wins, I completely overlook Everton because I can't help look ahead and think, them fixtures a bit shit. So I could say, let's say I went Pickford and Leno. That's not impossible. I'd play Pickford this week, wouldn't I? Leno's going yeah. to Newcastle, Pickford's going to Burnley. But if... You know, the problem of Brantthwaite missing this week feels a bit meh. So I may overlook Everton, but I don't think we should overlook them in the sense of what I already said on Friday. Like, they'll come to Tottenham <coughs> and play like West Ham played last week. Not in exactly the same way. No, but they'll but make I it a tough it's, game It's going to be right? very difficult. Yeah, they're doing really well. I've, I don't think any of us think they're going to go down. No Reese James on your wild card, yeah? <coughs> Just making sure. Game week 16 will be there, yeah? Well, he was for about 20 minutes, wasn't he? Unbelievable. Do you know what? If, if Bailey's Donner Kebab, he's popping on, he's popping on Rhys James, isn't he? Or what, what is it about if, him physically? If you went for him in game fit? week 13, you had him sent off against Newcastle, suspended against Brighton, benched against Man United, injured against Everton. What have you got from that? Minus one across four weeks. Bloody Who hell. are you? If you are, screenshot that shit and send it in. I'm assuming you have no Chelsea on your wildcard. Uh, well, I bought Sanchez Saturday night oh. and I would, I would like to have him as the one Chelsea defensive asset I know will play because the fixtures are gay, great. Um, Petrovic, by the way, the backup kit is 4.5. Before anyone Because that was the first thing a lot of us did. If he's four, all right, I'll go in for a little bit. Nope, he's a rare one. He's got the 4.5. So I'm not paying that for him unless, I mean, to be honest, if Sanchez was a serious injury, they'd probably buy a keeper anyway. Mm. Which Poch said yesterday, he said, yeah, we need to spend some more money in this. <laughs> yes, mate. Go and spunk another 600 million. Mental. He's under pressure now, I think. Real pressure. Um, now if they didn't beat Sheffield United on Saturday, there'd be some real questions getting asked because now the stats are coming back round about what I said, lowest points across the calendar year. In the table, where are they now? 12th. Like, you can say transition season and all that. You shouldn't be there. No, it's not that. It shouldn't be that bad. And it, really, it's 13th, isn't it? Because Everton would be above them, I, I presume. It's true. They would yeah. be. By uh, four points, quite comfortably. Bloody yeah. hell. I mean, that's bad, isn't it? So, look, there's a massive temptation to look at because the fixtures are, are really good. Um, 
Colwell might be the option if you want a defensive one. Because obviously Cucurella could cover it right back. Um, I don't think that's a long-term solution. Put it this way, Rich James hamstring, he ain't going to be available. That's clear. He'll miss at least the Christmas period. So could you use Cucurella at right back? If they do that, Colwell will play left back. There is also a little bit of speculation, unconfirmed, that Cucurella might have picked up a problem himself yesterday. Now, if that's the case, I'll probably go and gamble him. Yeah. As a give me cover for like Sheffield United at home and some of these good fixtures they got coming up. I don't feel I'd want to play him any away game though. Wouldn't trust them. Offensively, Cole Palmer's now on four yellows. And I've been sitting here week on week going, Well, Raheem Sterling's on four yellows. I can't take that chance. Well, maybe now I can on wild card and I could I could afford to chance either of them a bit more. And I may well one week punt one of them. Possibly. Because the fixture this weekend's great, right? Should we really, on wildcard, go and attack Chelsea with the fixtures? Yes. There's also the Nkunku unknown element. So I think if I was to go with a Sterling or Palmer, and it's not beyond possibility I go with both, by the way, um, I need to be aware that they're both really, really short-term picks, I think. Because the situation could change through Nkunku. They obviously could get suspended at the wrong time. That then means I take less chances than the rest of my squad. And so, unbelievably, despite, I think, part of the strategy with wildcarding over this period would have been all Chelsea's run, I could end up with none. Mad. If Sanchez is fit, he's a definite. But I'd have to think that he's probably not going to be. If you're a goalkeeper and you're coming off for five minutes ago. And it seems like he had the problem a bit earlier in the game. Colwell, like I said, it might just land correctly. And I think those who've got, you should probably keep. I wouldn't be surprised if Thiago Silva doesn't come back in. Purely as well on that yesterday, that when obviously James has got the problem, they've brought Colwell on rather than Silva. Now you could say, well, that's to keep the two centre-backs together and obviously move Cucurella to right back. But his away performances at both Newcastle and Manchester United were alarming. And there might be a fault of, he's old, right? He's been magnificent. But there might be a, a phasing out. Could be happening here. Badia Shield or Disassire, I wouldn't be comfortable going for. Okie dokie. Let's talk about Fulham 5, West Ham 0. I, don't, I, I know nothing about this game, James. Nothing. I haven't watched highlights. All I know is the team lineups. I know we had Emerson and... Uh... Alvarez out from our point of view and then decided and took the opinion that there's literally nothing to learn from watching the highlights or caring about this. It's a 5-0. It's out the way. Whatever happened, happened. We lost. We keep moving. Simple as that. Like, I don't think I'm going to take anything away from this and learn it. In the same way that, like, people getting high on Fulham winning, scoring 10 goals in a week and it's not me taking away from what they've done, but they've won three of the last four, right? Wolves, Forest. West Ham are the three victories. They're not like beating anyone spectacular. Prior to that, Dan won for five, six games. Who was it? Sheffield United. Prior to that, they'd only won one of their previous five. Who was it? Luton. So Fulham have, yeah, great. They've scored 10 goals and won two games in two weeks. And from a West Ham point of view, I just, I tell you why, I, I just can't care, right? We've just had Thursday night against away at your place. No disrespect, Fulham, but that's obviously clearly a bigger issue. I'd rather, if you'd said to me, beat Fulham 20-0 and lose to Spurs, I'd beat Spurs and lose 20-0 to Fulham. And then we've got Thursday Freiburg, which is the last stage in the group. It's like sandwiched in the middle, isn't it? It's just like, I don't care. 
Like, give me Spurs last week and give me Freiburg next week. But that shouldn't be the attitude. And I can't take away from a 5-0 slapping, right, at the end of the day. But from what I heard this morning when I was coming into the office was we could have been two up before we started conceding goals. And then next thing you know, it's the deck of cards. Same old shit with West Ham that just collapses. Um, <clears throat> let's give West Ham some mitigate game. So, uh, it sounds like you had lasagna Saturday night. I don't know what the injury uh, was. It uh, Emerson was on the bench, right? What happened to Alvarez? It's, fi- it's finally come back to bite you, like seventeen and a half years on. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a lot of the players were sick, which oh, apparently okay. one of the worst affected was, was it? it. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Okay. Apparently, one of the worst affected was Pablo Fornells, who started. Well, why start him then? Well, apparently, that's what was reported in the Athletic. Emerson was obviously badly affected, which is part why Cresswell played. Yeah. And Alvarez obviously wasn't involved at all. Was obviously bad. That's the word. Does sound like a good uh, excuse story, I might add. Um, you know, you weren't trying to get the game postponed prior to it like we were that day at, uh, at your place yeah. back in 2006. Um, so look, there might be a bit of mitigating yeah. on that. There's also we're not the, we're not the type of team that gets slapped fives and stuff. No, like that, and there's also on top of that the fact that um, you obviously chase the ball for a lot of Thursday nights. So then there's a fatigue element as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then when you start getting a couple of goals down, that you just hit a psychological wall, I think, a little yeah. bit as well. And some of the goals you can see the bad. Some of them are good, like Harry Wilson, hello. That's digging you out as well. Nico is going to find the clip where you said last week that Fulham they can't score five again. I don't think there's a video clip because I think I said it on the diff the show. Pod? I think I'm 90% sure I said it on the diff show, mate. We'll, we'll find. Where Fulham won't score five we'll and fi- Forrest won't concede five again. We'll find, the, we we'll find the clip though, mate. We'll get yeah, it's definitely, I'm, I'm 90% sure. Uh, look on the diff show when we're doing the predictions. Um, for West Ham in terms of the wild card, it's it's Bowen or, or nothing. I've, I've got no interest in, in anything else unless if Ariola suddenly returns mm. and he's back. I'm fairly certain he'd go back in goal, particularly after that yesterday as well. And I'm not yeah. saying Flappy's particularly had a, a personal nightmare or anything, but I think if he's back available, he goes he goes back in goal. I think. Yeah, I mean he's still in my squad. I'm, I've got no plan on moving um, him on, but yeah, I think that's better than punting at Emerson or Soufal, even though I've spoken up about it a little bit. Um, Bowen over Kudos for me, I, I maintain that opinion. Bowen, as I said, is, is probably maybe going to be impacted by Haaland and having to find a little bit of money and then coming back for him maybe. Um, but I, I don't really want to be without him for that game at the weekend particularly. But I do look at a, a, a free fixture period of Wolves at home, United at home, Arsenal away. I think I can probably live without... But I also look at him and think, I'm because of where he's playing, I'd be happy for have you for the foreseeable play you in any fixture. It's just gonna. It's not if I don't go with him. It's not that I don't want him. Yeah. The ideal solution is that he does go in there. It might be that I need to make a sacrifice somewhere, and he could be it. Otherwise, those two players, I don't see me. Ward Prowse is not under consideration. No. So check at this stage, I don't think it's under consideration. I don't think Kudos will be either because I think I. I'd actually I'd still rather probably pump one of them Chelsea players because of what's in front of them next. Not, again, that you don't have a good fixture this weekend. For Fulham, they'll be the subject to talking tactics this week. Uh, for those who listen to Friday's pod, you've probably already got a little bit idea of this. And if you, if you had that in your mind and watched the goals yesterday, you can see it again in terms of wide overload. Something new is happening with Fulham. From a selection perspective, uh, Tim Ream now second game in a row has not started. This might be Bassi and Adarabayo as the permanent two at centre-back, but I don't know if I'd want to chance it. 
equally. I don't know if I want a chance to likes of Castagne or Robinson. Robinson's on four yellows, by the way, in the full-back area. And I don't think Willian or Iwobi punting something like that is not going to be for me because there's too many other good midfield players in the game. Raul Jimenez from nowhere will be a serious consideration for me because I look at 18 and think, well, to cover the Manchester City for the one week, him at home to Burnley to partner with Watkins and Solanke is going to be about as good as it could be, I think. For free hitters, 18... He'd be in if I was free hitting an 18. I think he could be. I, I just can't justify it ahead of Watkins be 100% or Solanke or whatever. Solanke or Raul Jimenez? Oh, Solanke all day. Yeah, see, all this day. is the thing. He's like fifth and sixth on the list, Jimenez, but he's worked his way up. And at that price at 5.2, you can't argue with it. It's a phenomenal What's price What's also happening with the, the wide overloads, he's sticking more rather than dropping short. And also, they're getting themselves in so many good crossing positions yeah that and I think he's obviously got his confidence back area that is bad for your perspective yesterday but the headed goals that he scores is really yeah, good look, from credit his to him right and with him he's always been confidence right do I look at him and suddenly think he's my answer to my third forward prayers no do I think he might on a wild card offer me a solution where I can bench him at Newcastle this week and play him at Burnley next week and then he'll be part of the sacrificial lamb if you will to get Haaland back sure why not? Well, let's Why talk not? about Holland then. Let's move on to Luton 1, Man City Le- 2. Leno's obviously really under consideration as well. Yeah, no High scoring keeper in the game. Their fixtures are never bad, but never great. It's consistently average. But then I think for Leno, particularly longer term, him along. that's fine. And I might go with him. And it, it will look wrong because it's oh, Newcastle way. But After that, with a goalkeeper, that's, that's not a short-term decision, right? It's just right. He's, he's my guy. That's where I'm putting my hat for till April, basically. Agreed. Luton 1, Man City 2. They managed to get over the line without the Norwegian robot in the end. Um, but, yeah, Kenilworth is proving to be a difficult place for anybody and everybody to go well, they've to. they've taken the lead against the three best teams in the league there. Yeah. Liverpool, Arsenal and Manchester City. They didn't take the lead against your team or mine, James. Just, you know, just putting it out there. Um, your team definitely ain't in the best three. Uh, in the league and it'll probably take mine a couple more years to get to that point as well but I think we might under keep that clip clip. for a couple of years (laughs) yeah keep that for a couple of years Um, yeah look good from Luton obviously got their own injury problems Oshu played well against Arsenal missed out Lockyer come back in Use Giles at wing back, left wing back. It feels like Rob Edwards hasn't really wanted to use him, despite the fact his delivery is really good. Um, with Issa Kabore ineligible and having to move Amari Bell back to centre back. Um, Ross Barkley played well again. Obviously, he had a huge impact and involvement in the goal. I think Edison should come and catch the cross, by the way, that Adebayo scores. It lands on top of him. Come on, goalkeeper. You're, you're, not, you're not five foot four. Come and do something about it, mate, in my opinion. Because it goes really high. It's not like Townsend whips it fast. It's got a big loop on it. Mm. I want my goalkeeper to come and get that personally. Um, Adebayo does seem like he's got favouritism over Morris now. And I'll repeat what I said on Friday that Dan Ashby, our Luton correspondent, had said. It, the, the decision was becoming close between those two. And it might be that Adebayo's nicked ahead. And he is obviously an enabling price. What is he such? Adebayo is, uh, yeah, 4-9. Four 4-9. Nine. Four nine. So, you know, if you need a cheaper forward... I, I, Probably couldn't make the case to pick that over Semenyo. Two or something. Go Semenyo, yeah, Raul, I think. Jimenez or something. Would still be the one for me at that price. Um, but they can take a lot of heart after this week, Luton. 
We've obviously chased the ball a lot for a couple of games. Um, that's the worst of it out of the way now. Now they'll come into some fixtures where they'll start knowing they want to pick up some, some points. points. Interestingly, I think that the probably... A lot the, of away the games for them, though. Bournemouth, Sheffield United, Burnley, three of the next five are all away. Yeah, Bournemouth doesn't look so good now, does it? But um, then Newcastle, Chelsea at home, they'll make it tough for them. Yeah, and I think this is the key point on Newcastle where I've, I've said, because I, I think looking from the past into game week 18, we'd have gone Villa at home to Sheffield United, definitely. And that's not changed, even with Chris Wilder back. Tottenham against Everton, still fine, but that looks harder now. It's not like a straightforward Tottenham will just demolish them. And Newcastle at Luton, like you, you almost know what that game's going to be, right? Now, listen, it don't mean it can't be Trippier assists Wilson and they both haul, right, in a 1-0 when you, you get stuff like that. But I, I don't see... Newcastle going to Luton in game week 18 and going and posting four nils and stuff no, like that. No one does, Not no. at all. No. Um, they'll make it physical. I don't think it'll they'll be a nil. I think Luton will score. They know what they are. They don't need to apologise for it. I think they're doing really, really well. I think it, it's he's looking very tough for that bottom three to, to see how they stay up. But I also think they're doing pretty well at the moment. Part of the problem is Everton, right? You need like you need like Forest or something to drag in. Those three teams in the bottom would have looked at what Bournemouth have done recently and gone, "What the hell?" Because a month ago they'd have been going, "Bournemouth's the target yeah, with us, yeah." Right, in well, this, Bournemouth's away. They're going away, and I think they'll keep getting good results. Bournemouth. Wildcard on City. Talk to me. Holland obviously is Holland. We know what that is. Then you got Alvarez. Right, this flies upside down on the table. It's out. It's out. It's dead. Nico, can we get a zoom in? Oh, and it's just flown off. <laughs> it was playing dead. <laughs> it's going to land on my head or something. Look, the idea always would have been wild card 19, get free sitting. And I think even though it now strongly looks like game week 20 probably won't happen for the City-Brentford game. It is still possible, by the way, but it's extremely unlikely now at this stage. It would have been, right, I want free. Um, it's complicated by Kevin De Bruyne is close, we think, and not for this weekend, but by the time 1920 comes around, the game at 20 suddenly could be a good game to give Kevin De Bruyne an hour, right? Couldn't it? All of a sudden, it really impacts Alvarez or impacts Foden. Um, I want a defensive City player on wildcard. I really do, um, which might sound bonkers at the minute. The one I would really like to get and I would really love to punt. And I know John the, Stones. Yeah, you've got it in one. John he's gonna Stones. He's going to stay John Stones. He's getting minutes again. Yeah, obviously only a sub yesterday. I think he's being protected. Like, do I think he plays all games over Christmas and stuff? No. <coughs> do I think he's absolutely integral to them? Yeah, massively. And I think it might be the sort of one that if I set up properly, I can punt him. <coughs> and leave myself with better cover elsewhere. So if the worst happens... Okay, fine. We'll have to look at that. Um, so I'm interested in him. Cole Walker is the safe play. And I may bottle that. But I would like to go John Stones because I think there's a lot more prospect and potential in that offensively. So John Stones and Walker are under consideration for me. I think the others, Aki Gvardio, it's like Tosa Coyne who plays. Bernardo Silva is not impossible. You don't want to go Excuse there, me. man. I'm blaming Newcastle. Poor showing yesterday for this cough. Bernardo no. Silva for what? Well, I think he plays Just the majority of the games. And that's yeah, important he will. And he'll chip period. away. He'll do like that. You know, Gundo goes on that. Gundog used to go on that run yeah. around this kind of time yeah. where you're just like, 
he's just the least fashionable, ends up scoring four in five or something. Of course, I totally get that. Bernardo Silva could do the same thing that Ilkay Gundogan's so done before. Yesterday, they played with Kovacic and, and Rodri, right? And, they, and obviously, with Akanji not playing either, they didn't have anything step out from centre-back. Vardio and Walker playing like normal full-backs. <coughs> Fucking hell. Sorry. It's okay. Um, Take your time. So, Silva's obviously played in the top line. Now, I think even when Stones comes back in, he'll yep. join Rodri, so he still plays quite high. So, Foden would be a tough one. You could go Foden, there's every chance he doesn't play. So, it might just be, it could be none. Unbelievably. Yeah, crazy. Let's wrap up, James. We've got one more game to talk about, which you were at, which uh, I didn't see coming, to be honest with you. But Sorry, uh, obviously, Newcastle having to play their B team gave you a chance, didn't they? <laughs> what happened in this game? That's yes, Newcastle's um, A team, mate. As they've got no B team, that's the problem for Newcastle. You had an XG of nearly four, yeah. 23 shots, uh, seven big chances in a game. I don't think I've seen seven big chances in a game for a long time. Uh, I don't know, Manchin- I mean, Manchin- shots had against Chelsea the at the weekend, but it was close. United might have had more, you know. Last week, big chances. I don't think it was seven. I will have a look, though. Um, Or you can say, based on all of the stats and the scoreline and the XG and the heat maps and everything, is comprehensive for one win. Yeah, um, it was. And and very pleased, obviously, um, (coughs) for fantasy reasons as well. I I can't think it's ever happened before where Tottenham players have saved my game week, actually, literally. It's mad. Um, I mean, imagine if they'd kept that clean sheet. What would have been 40 points from the three players mm. without captaincy? Uh, Man United only had five big chances against Chelsea, yeah. James. And Chelsea also had five big chances in that game. Did they really? <laughs> it didn't feel yeah, like that's it. That's an XG of 4.17 versus 1.5 in that game, but five and five big chances. Um, let's talk Newcastle first, because you know me, I'd, I'd like to talk about Tottenham. And I might have got rid of my cough by then. So they've obviously gone with the same team. Which is understandable. Um, Kieran Trippier is obviously now suspended for the Fulham game, so at least you know he's going to get a, a break. I don't think that guarantees that Livramento plays all the games now. <clears throat> no. I think Lewis Hall probably plays against Fulham. Livramento plays right back, but then Livramento might get a rest for Luton or something else afterwards. <coughs> for Jamal Lascelles' owners, there has to be a, an awareness of, of Botman. Being close. Fabian Scher feels like the safe play because he, he is playing every game. But you do look at Livramento, Lascelles, and Dubravka and think, well, surely I can save some money if I want Newcastle. And the next three fixtures are really good. I'm not certain to go with any Newcastle offensive player. Wilson being back, obviously, muddies for Isak, yeah. who, I mean, they ended up moving Isak to the left yesterday and Gordon up front during the second half. Just to shove things about, it didn't work for them. I think there's always the danger with Isak that that could happen, that he ends up on the left now that Wilson's back. I thought Almiron, Almiron looked like more like erratic old Almiron yesterday. And I've, I've spoken him up as a real kind of differential versus to Gordon recently. So Gordon, I think offensively, is still the one to consider. He's going to be borderline. I'm not certain on him at all. Actually, I won't make a decision on that till after Milan's gone. You've got to think he's playing 90 minutes again against Milan on Wednesday. Like, could they look at Fulham, therefore, and then go, 
oh, right, so we'll, we'll make a change here. We'll stick something back in. Or, you know, could they even play Matt Ritchie against Fulham? That's part of the problem Newcastle have had as well. They've had <coughs> difficult fixtures mm. as well over this really, um, this period of injuries. Yeah. One eye on but PSG as well. Well, Milan Wednesday night. Milan, sorry. Um, obviously, if they lose, they're out of Europe completely. Mm. If they draw, they're in Europa. If they win, they're in the Champions League. If PSG don't win in Dortmund, I, I still think there's every chance they'll go through, actually. Mm. But they might also, if they don't score early, they might get done over through fatigue on the counter-attack later in the game, I think it's possible. Um, they look a tired, tired team. And that's perfectly understandable. Um, the loss of Pope is massive. It's massive. Um, doesn't mean Dubravka's a bad pick in goal, though. It's still one of the best set-up teams defensively. But there's a knock-on impact to that too. Is Trippier worth that money longer term, etc.? You know what he is offensively. But if you're looking at them going, well, I think they're going to concede every week. Does that become the worth point? the money? There's yeah, a, that's what I'm, there's I'm a willing to, to answer. I'm willing to sell Poro, Trippier like, for Porro this week and then look at that Luton away game and think, are they really going to keep a clean sheet? Probably not. So then I'm reliant on Trips' attacking returns. Let it go. So I might let Trips go for a little while. I, I think Dubravka will come with me. I think. But it's not a certainty, honestly. Because I'm aware, looking at those, those fixtures with Newcastle, you think, our oh, next three is great. In play, I mean, all of them. But there's a different keeper I want after that. <coughs> I think. Um, so he's not a definite. Lascelles, I think I've got a cut. Because in any case, Botman's going to be back soon at some point, And he'll come in for him. Livramento is a maybe. Mm. And Gordon, that's it. They're the only, the only few really under consideration. <coughs> For me, trip suspension comes at a time you go, I've got to leave that. You can avoid it, I yeah. I think so. Spurs, you sticking with the same three? No, I think I'm going to cut Udogi, actually. Um, I thought you might cut one of the defensive. Are yeah. Add a third, though, or just let it go? Uh, the four yellows is off-putting. And by the way, Christian Romero's landed on four yellows now and he, and he should have been sent off yesterday. Yeah, I heard he's yeah, back to his brain-dead self again. A 3-0 up as well, mate. <sighs> I don't, don't trust him. Can't defend it. Sorry. I'm sorry that he wasn't sent off. Before game ban, if he was sent off, mate. Mm. Bloody hell, what are you doing? I know, Just let man. him go. He wants Christmas off. To chill with his family, he can go back to Argentina sit on the beach or go wherever he wants to uh, eat steak he wants do you remember he got that uh, suspension before the World Cup so that he had a couple of weeks off before he went to the World Cup last year as well I remember you were a bit sus about him then he but knows when to time his suspensions I don't that know boy. if there was um, a Callum Wilson thing going on yesterday with him and Romero well obviously Wilson came on late in the game yeah Romero's done him Vicario was pulling faces at him. At Wilson? Yeah, which Wilson thought was really disrespectful. But it's okay for Wilson to talk disrespectfully about fellow players. So you can't nah, have it both it's ways. Not, it's, it's, uh, I, I listened to Wilson last week, and he was saying the first thing that he does when they get on the pitch, right, is just fucking run into the centre-half. Like, it, it's, it's six of one, half a dozen of another. He's like, as a striker, you step on their feet, you back into them, you run into them. And what the central defenders do? <coughs> oh, the I'm, same thing. No, no, no. So it's six not, of one, half a dozen. Yeah. I'm, I'm not defending Romero in any way. Please understand that. I'm saying that because of the comments he made about Richarlison... Yeah. But might, he didn't say anything about Richarlison. Antonio they, did. That but he was still a part of it. They might have been looking for him. Yeah, That's but so if I'm I saying. cuss out, if I now cuss out uh, Romero for being an idiot, you're still part of it. 
if I now abuse Romero, I say Romero is an idiot. He's a red. He's an idiot. Are you? Are you then by uh, association a part of the same slagging off of Romero? You can have your own opinion, right? He didn't. He didn't necessarily cuss out Richardson. It was Antonio. He just laughed along at the joke. So I wouldn't say he called out Richardson, but also well, uh, Antonio couldn't be I got on think, Thursday because he didn't turn up. I think there's a difference between uh, facts and pulling faces. But I didn't see these faces. What was he doing? Pulling faces. <laughs> it sounds like five-year-olds in the playground. Wilson had a header and he went straight to Vicario. And Vicario ran out as if he was going to throw the ball somewhere. And as he did it, he was like, Bleh! like in his face. Oh, okay. I mean, it was playground stuff. But yeah. it's clearly because Wilson said something back. I, well, I don't know if they were trying... What I'm saying is I don't know if they were trying to get at him or wind him up because of the stuff that happened with Richarlison. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it would have been in the game, in the moment. Um, but, but, but part of that is because I can't explain what Romero's done there yesterday. It's yeah. it, honestly, it's idiotic. And he's potentially letting his teammates down again. Massively. It's a red card. I don't know how he gets away with it. Um, and we can't because there's bias towards we the top six, mate. We can't do without him. There were a number of Tottenham players who were exceptional yesterday after difficult nights on Thursday. Uh, ben Davis' distribution in the second half was brilliant. I spoke about this on one of the pods last week saying you'll be surprised at Ben Davis' distribution now Romero's back because against City, they shoved everything to Emerson and the unnatural thing to think well, Romero's back will shove everything to Davis. Davis' distribution was excellent and obviously had a pivotal, well, probably the pivotal moment in the game where he's got a little touch that denied Isak an open goal basically at, at nil-nil and then the game could be very, very different from there if that goes in. Um, I'll come back on to Pedro Porro because that could be an hour. Bissouma, much better second half. Pap Sars return huge for us. Energy and legs back in the midfield when it's looked a tired team recently. I thought he was great for first game back. That's one people have forgotten about recently. Big plus for us. Porro. It's playing well. I think it's playing better than well, mate. <clears throat> Absolute baller at the moment. Defensively playing well. Offensively ridiculous. Um, could have had a mega, mega haul yesterday. Um, he's a certainty for me on wildcard. No doubt about it. He's probably the first name near enough. He's absolute certainty. And with him, particularly while Madison's out as well, know that Tottenham will concede dumb goals like yesterday, but he's still going to be worth having, I think. Offensively, it's definitely worth the extra on Udogi. I know Udogi scored yesterday, but he's definitely worth the extra. He's coming for Pedro. Um, Tottenham could have a bad problem with Udogi and Romero get injured, uh, suspended at the same time because obviously they're both on four yellows. Um, I mean, if that's Brighton away, we would be in huge, huge trouble in that fixture as a note. Um, Sonny on the left. So Richarlison did fine up front. He's scored two goals. That's the first goals he scored for Tottenham with his feet. Did you know that? Okay. Did he keep his shirt on? Yes, he kept his oh, shirt right. on. Okay, I'll uh, DM Antonio. Yes, he was definitely off onside. So for, funny, for Antonio. Both goals. Uh, um, my mate messaged me yesterday, really randomly. This is completely distracted. This, I was at the I was at the Juice tournament, and my mate Alex Fernandez, who's a big FPL guy as well, he said, "Found your boy." That was literally his three words in his WhatsApp message to me. I was like, "Very found your boy." What kind of like my children are at home and my wife? I'm here at FPL. Which boy of mine have you found? And uh, he sa- I said, who? And he just sent me this photograph of he was there with Mikel Antonio. Oh, and there's a third guy in the photo who's a random Sikh guy with a massive beard and turban and stuff. I'm like, 
that's someone famous as well. I don't know who that is. Okay, great. Anyway. I'm, uh, I'm very pleased yeah, 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 for this yeah, yeah. chit nonsense you chose to share for no reason. We were just talking about, about Michael Antonio. So, standing on the left, um, on Friday's pod, I said, <coughs> if he plays Shirt there, taken off, that's why we're talking about it. Antonio. Richarlison didn't take a shirt off for his goals. He didn't take a shirt off. Okay. There's a few questions on Twitter, by the way. I'll just chuck them out there. Can Richarlison cover Sun? No. Um, Points wise for FPL. I might go Richarlison on wildcard. Short it's term. A, it's just a rogue one. Like, fuck it, yeah. Sod it. I've got if Phil he's going to play there, he's interesting. I've got Phil Foden, and obviously I want to cut down my City players for 18. I did look at Foden to Richarlison just for a short-term punt. Why not have a go for a couple of weeks, see what happens kind of thing. But it really would be that. It wouldn't be like this strategic masterclass of FPL management. It literally just having a punt on Richie. So, Sunday on the left. Okay. Um, I said on Friday's pod, if he plays there, forget it. It's not an option. Mm. When the game started yesterday, I thought, well, he ain't coming with me on my wild card. He's mm. going. He's going to be the easy one that allows me to keep Saka, Bowen... Whatever. I don't want him. Don't want him if he's going to play there. And it might be that I changed my mind on that. I obviously can't sell him at this moment, right? I'm up like 0.4 on him. He's going to get steamed into this week after the return. The fixtures are good. I can't get rid of him, can I? Mm. No way. So how did the returns come? And why did it happen? And will it keep happening? So I don't know if it was a one-off to play against Trippier. Because Trippier had had a difficult game Thursday night and Son obviously knows him and his weaknesses well, right? And it's bad, both goals, but particularly the second one. To be honest, on the second goal, Trippier's pathetic. Let's, let's, let's mark it out right. It's pathetic. So I don't know if it was a let's target him <clears throat> and also a little bit of having an aerial presence with Richarlison, if needed, through the centre of the pitch. <coughs> And also acknowledging that Richarlison did look better in terms of his movement yesterday because um, he had been playing the majority of this season with an injury. And I'm prepared, Richie. I'm here for it. I'm prepared to give you one more chance. But I also wouldn't be shocked if on Friday night at Forest, Richarlison's on the left and Sun's up front. I wouldn't be shocked, honestly. Um, also, obviously, the, the final goal for Sun comes with him. He's moved back through the middle. And that's the big thing for me that would perhaps be most interesting here as well. Is there also an idea here of using Sun on the left in an opening, let's say, hour, 70 minutes? And when teams are tiring, having Sonny back through the middle as a different challenge. And that alone would still make him interesting. So I think you need to be aware of Sun's positioning. I think it could become a problem. It's not at the moment. I probably wouldn't steam into buying him if I didn't own, actually. Because I'd be a bit concerned about that. Like, if you've got major midfield problems, cool. But I'd, if, if your midfield's all right at the moment, I'd probably look at fixing different problems. I'm, I'd probably <laughs> hold, uh, hold off till 18. Like what's your thinking with him? Because you ain't got have you? I, I, lo- I sold him a while ago. I'm going to let it go this week. And if I like what I see <clears throat> this week, then I'll get him in for Foden for 18 and then decide where I'm going to go from there because I'm going to downgrade Trippier to Porro that frees me up a little bit of money and I'm highly likely to sell Haaland for Solanke so money's less of an issue for a little while I would say so I think I'm going to go back to Sonny I'm definitely going to get a way of getting Porro in I don't need a third, third Spurs asset I just don't need the third Spurs asset No I think for anyone wildcarding this week Porro's son 
is definite. Yep. The third, I won't rule it out going back to Doggy. And that's if I'm not happy enough with enough defensive options. You know what I mean? Say these Stones is like a no, you can't go there and you don't want to go for Carl Walker instead. Or, I don't know, something happens to Pal Torres or I can't decide on a Newcastle asset. It might be that I go there because I still think it is value as well. Like, that's a great option. It's just Porro, in my opinion, is definitely worth paying the extra. The third, if I go for a third, it's most likely to be Richarlison. Mm. The Celso obviously didn't play yesterday. And the team had a little bit more energy. The, the link of the team still worked because Kulazewski in the 10 position played really well. Couldn't justify Kulazewski over Johnson or Richarlison. Richarlison over Johnson, I think, on the off chance that he stays through the middle. The other thing to factor is the next four, I think, are, are decent as a group. Forrest, Everton, Brighton and, and Bournemouth, right? There's goals in there, I think. Mm. Might not be any clean sheets in there, by the way, but there's goals in there, I think. Now, if I go Sonny, <clears throat> which I'm obviously going to do, when I take him out, then I do know that Richarlison's playing number nine if he's fit. And there's a few more games in January. Son might only miss three games, but he's United away, Brentford at home, and then the return against Everton. It's not terrible. And I'm, I might suddenly... It's, I don't think it's one others can go for, but it's the sort of one for me on wildcard. I think I might, I might consider it and I might punt it. And I'd probably rather do that at the moment than punt a Chelsea player. That's my feeling right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement so with as you. As much as he's pissed me off to hell, I might chance him. I might chance him, Richie. Nice. Let's, uh, he's not quite a doner kebab transfer. He's maybe more a chicken shish, I would say. Uh, the chances of him pissing you off are like 70, 25%. The chance of him pissing me off are greater than the chance of him getting injured. Whereas Leon Bailey, I think he's only going to piss me off if he's injured. Um, if Leon Bailey is sat on that bench for Aston Villa on Thursday night, he probably he comes back in for me again, I think. I'll go for it. <sighs> big, big, big stuff going on with James' wildcard. Wildcard release will be Friday. Differential show, we'll wild talk about it. Release. As in your final draft wildcard. We'll talk about be, it on the differential on, the on Friday. I, I can't confirm it because it's Friday deadline, isn't it? A little bit. Oh, this. it is. Who's playing Friday night this week? We are. Oh, okay. who have you got? Forest away. Lovely jubbly. Uh, James, let's get into some of the questions that we've had in on X. But before we do, do you want to tell everybody what we've got to look forward to for the rest of the week? And uh, and then, yeah, there's a couple of questions here on Twitter and they're all non-football related. Okay, So cool. I'm ready. Um, clash of correspondence tomorrow is Chelsea versus Sheffield United with Gary Mantle and Ben Sommer-Thompson. Uh, Wednesday, Ian Parron is joining me for the Sky Fantasy Football podcast this week. Uh, Thursday is going to be a People's Poll podcast. Topics not decided yet, but it might be a bit more my wild card, maybe. Um, Friday, ask James. It'll be in the morning. I don't know what time yet. Cause it depends what time Suj wants to do the differential show with me, which will be our Patreon pod on Friday. Uh, Q&A today for patrons. Uh, tomorrow, uh, UCL Fantasy Preview with James Johnson, match day six. Uh, Dan Locke is doing a quiz on Boxing Days in the Premier League, or I think in the Premier League, it didn't specify that, uh, on Wednesday. We'll do Tottenham Thursday this week, that's because you're pissing off to other work events Tuesday and Wednesday this week. Yeah, I was going to ask you if we wanted to pre-record, but Thursday's good for me. Thursday's good. Uh, advanced tier content will include, as I said, Team News Stream Friday, a look at Fulham and what's happening there for talking tactics this week, uh, and I'll be doing a piece on my wildcard tomorrow once I've had a little bit more time to 
look at it and kind of initial ideas because I've more been looking at the games and reacting to that at the moment and trying to get rid of chatting too much yesterday. Been a bit of a mad one, isn't it, in the last couple of... This, it feels like, obviously, we just finished fixtures. We've got a whole stack of European stuff. You've got your wild card going on. There's a lot going on at the moment. A lot going on. Got any questions? Uh, let's if you want to support the show, www.patreon.com forward slash Yes, go to Patreon. You can <coughs> sign up. At the moment, uh, for the whole of December, if you're at the Basic Plus tier, which is just the fiver, you get all of the intermediate tier podcasts. If you sign up intermediate tier, you get all of the advanced tier content as well, plus the fixture planning spreadsheets and all the other stuff that goes with it. Uh, two questions, James. Go on. The first goes to Cone, who says, aside from pineapple, what other two toppings would you rate in the top three most disgusting toppings for a pizza? So, I don't mind pineapple on pizza. I don't mind it. I olives. Wouldn't, I wouldn't particularly choose it. Olives. Yeah. They're a bit of a miss. I'm not a fan of olives on pizza. The one that I always find weird is when I see fish or prawns. Oh, good shout. I've seen, you see tuna or anchovies or prawns on pizza. I don't think seafood, any seafood, should be on a pizza. Yeah, I'm with that. Pineapple, I don't mind. What else don't you like on pizzas? Yeah, seaweed's all right, though. If we get a right type of pizza. Yeah, potentially. Um, do you know what my youngest really likes on his pizza now that he's noticed? My mum's just gone, when the fuck have you had seaweed, James? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my youngest likes a fried egg on his pizza right now. Ham, egg and olives. Egg on pizza? Ham, egg. No, I'm not having that. Uh, but I'm going to go and say pineapple is okay, actually, on pizza, James. I'm not having that either. You don't like pineapple? Pineapple's no, all right. But no. It depends what other toppings are going with it. No. You wouldn't have pineapple and pepperoni. No, I'm for not having example. it, mate. Not having it. Jarvo's got the last question of the show, James. Nico, do you want a pizza? Set? I might order a pizza, you know. Yeah. Did they get him? Yeah. Are you paying? <laughs> <laughs> then Nico, how many FPL points did you get this week? 21. Oh, ouch. <laughs> uh, Jarvo, how early is too early for people to say Merry Christmas to you? We're two weeks out, James. Uh, oh. If someone said it to me, if I walked in the office and someone went, Merry Christmas, James, I'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. So if someone says, if, if a thing ain't going to see you before and they say, I hope you have a good Christmas, like, that's, that's cool. That's fine. Like yeah. yesterday, when, I, uh, when we were leaving the juice tournament, there's a lot of lads there. I'm not going to yeah. see them now the rest of this year, right? I might not see Sham and Keith and all these guys before the end of the year. So I'm like, look, have a great Christmas break and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Merry Christmas and all that to you and your family. I think that's cool, right? But if you're going to see them... I think you just kind of say Merry Christmas the last time you're going to see someone before I, Christmas. I think, the, to be honest with you, the acceptable time to start saying it to people is Christmas Eve. Yeah. Like, if, again, if you're not going to see someone, you say, oh, I hope you have a good Christmas, it's fine. But if you're literally seeing someone, you say Merry Christmas, Christmas Eve is the first acceptable day. Yeah. Uh, Okie dokie, there you go. There is your answer. Uh, that's it. That's a wrap. Plenty of content coming at you. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you are listening to this podcast and you'll get notified as soon as the next episodes go live. Other than that, we just got to stay safe. Look after yourselves. Ciao for now. I'm off to have some tablets, some throat sofas and a pizza without pineapple. Have a great week, everyone. Play it your way. And especially if you're on wildcard, definitely play it your own way. Cue music, please. Manchild. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.